So when I just stated it and said, I am no longer able to provide makeup lessons, amazingly, there was no pushback and they stopped counseling as often as they had been. And I was so shocked and I was so surprised. I thought, why did I wait so long to make that change? Because it wasn't as bad as I thought it was gonna be. In fact, it wasn't bad at all. Welcome to The Piano Sensei Way. I am your host, Clinton Pratt, and we help you master the art of running a successful piano teaching studio. Does this sound familiar? We can't make it to our lesson. Can we reschedule? Or, oh, we forgot. Can we come Monday instead? We've all dealt with trying to reschedule and make up lessons. It can be a nightmare and give you many headaches and stresses. And so today we talk with Tiffany Smith about makeup lessons and how not to have makeup lessons. I'm excited today to have Tiffany Smith as a guest. This is our first guest interview episode. So I'm super excited. Um, Tiffany, just tell us a little bit um, where you are, how long you've been teaching, and maybe what your studio is like. Yes, Clinton, I'm so excited to be here with you today and to be able to share some things and ideas and opinions on different things. It's really a privilege and I appreciate it. I have been teaching for about 36 years, so a long time. I have some good experience under my belt. Um, I taught privately for many, many years, and then about eight years ago, switched to teaching group lessons, where I then decided a couple years later to become a studio owner, and I own Keybox Studio in Gilbert, Arizona, where we welcome more than 200 students every week. So we have a lot of fun. We keep busy. Wow. Yeah, that's great. Um... You definitely don't look like you've been teaching for 36 years. I'm like, did you start teaching when you were two? Ah, okay, um, you're my yeah. best friend. Thank you. <laughs> no, yeah, I started teaching when I was 13 and 14. Okay, so yeah, that's... In the neighborhood. So I was young. I was definitely very young, but I have taught pretty much nonstop since then. Yeah, and over 200 students. That's great. Um, and how many teachers? So we have five. I actually am hiring another teacher this week, so it will be six. And then we have about five teaching assistants that work with us and then two administrators. So we have quite the, quite the thing going. Yeah. Okay. That's great. So today yeah. we're, we're going to, we're talking about policies, which can probably yeah. be like a, like a 20 episode series. Um, <laughs> right. That's so true. There's so much to talk about. Yeah. But just to sort of tell the audience, um, so Tiffany and I, yeah, we've had a few interactions, you know, with each other and um, in the Piano Teacher Central Facebook group, mm -hmm. I kept seeing that Tiffany was um, 
saying things like I say, <laughs> which is the piano <laughs> sensei way. <laughs> it's so true. I was going to say the same thing. I've watched you and I think we have a lot of similarities and yet there are still things that we do different and that's what's great. Yeah. Yeah. So it's sort of, I kind of make a joke because since this podcast is called the piano sensei way, it's like, um, it's kind of a egotistical sarcastic way of like my way is the best way and so i'm gonna have guests on that agree with me um but yeah I, i'm sure we have differences but yeah one of the main things is um i saw you you know give advice to other teachers that was really good and straightforward and you know business savvy and all of that and so um yeah that's why i asked tiffany like hey let's bring you on and talk about this stuff and I'm glad that you did. I'm, I really am excited. I, I'm passionate about these things. So it will be a good, good conversation. Yeah. Okay. So let's get into it. Um, what do you, well, what do you want to talk about first? Uh, we could talk about <laughs> tuition yeah, actually, you know, or. Yeah, I did. I did have a thought to kind of get us started. And mm -hmm. I was thinking back, like I said, I've been teaching since I was 14. I'm now 50. So I've had a lot of years to work on developing myself and my business. And I'll say, I am very much a people pleaser. I want people to be happy. I don't want to do things that make them angry. It's, I don't like controversy. I don't like contention. Anyway, it was hard for me to come and find myself personally and in my business through my policies and the, the boundaries that I set. And I was thinking about it last night and I thought, I think it's really important for teachers to realize that it, it does take time. But at the same time, I wish that I had had these types of things when I was young to help me set policies that would have been beneficial to me and my business early on. And so while I think it takes time to develop ourselves, I also hope that this conversation will save other teachers some years and time in their lives and that it will be beneficial and become more comfortable for them. Because I think that setting policies in our business is one of the most uncomfortable aspects of running a business that we have to face. So kind of my point being, it does take time to find what works for you. But hopefully, as we share these ideas, you'll feel inspired or find ideas that will work and save you some time. Things that I wish I had known 30 years ago. Yes, exactly. And I love that. And I think that's how we should do things in many aspects of life is we learn things and then pass them on and hopefully they, you know, the next teachers and human beings and whatever can mm -hmm. do things without, you know, taking so long to learn them. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause I'm the same way. I formed policies over the years and tweaked them and got them down, you know, so hopefully the next set of teachers like, okay, don't take that long. Just right. here they are. And then after that, you know, and everything just keeps getting better and more efficient. Yeah. And that we, I love that we have these podcasts and Facebook groups that kind of give us courage to make those changes and decisions, you know, back again, 30 years ago, it was, it was a lonely business and you were 
pretty much on your own to figure these things out. So I love, I love that we can do this. Yeah. Okay. So uh, what do you want to get into specifically? Well, I've noticed kind of the top, I kind of thought of three categories that I think are the most often discussed and questioned. Obviously a big one, and I don't know that today is the discussion for this one, but um, setting your tuition rates and how you're going to do that is obviously one of the most important policies that you'll put in place. Um, the next one that I think often comes up, of course, is whether or not you do makeup lessons and how you, how you do that, how you put together your schedule and make it valuable to the client. Um, and whether that's doing makeup lessons or not is an important decision. And then the third one that I think comes up quite often is the idea of commitment. Do you require a certain time that they have to commit? And with that, what is the withdrawal policy when they choose to stop? So those are kind of the three that I came up with that I feel like are asked the most often. And Clinton, you decide which one we want to dive into first. Okay, great. That's like chocolate vanilla or strawberry exactly. um, <laughs> i love them all okay how about um yeah let's do makeups okay yeah i know that's a huge one and in, in the <laughs> piano teacher central group i mean it's like i don't know at least one a day more I'm, hundreds of posts thousands how do you do this what do you do with mm -hmm. this situation yeah so yeah the first question is are you gonna do that, you know, offer rescheduled lessons seems reasonable. And then if so, how are you going to do that? Right? Yeah. So yeah, do you want to tell us what you do? Yeah, let's jump into that one. So I think along with that, um, kind of is the decision of how do you run your calendar and your schedule? Um, do you charge by the lesson? Or do you charge by the month or by the semester? Or you know, how are you choosing to do it? And for us, I've done it many, many ways over the years. I started out um, monthly, I mean weekly, where they paid by the lesson. And at that time, makeup lessons to me felt like a must because they were paying for the lesson. And if they missed it, then I felt like I needed to make that up. Um, so I've done that way. Um, and then I switched to kind of a monthly tuition idea and doing it that way, um, I didn't feel like I had to necessarily make up every lesson, but I felt like I had to credit them if they missed. I, I don't know, it was just, it was tough. Currently, the way that I do it is we have a year long calendar and they pay monthly tuition to participate in our studio for the year. And we do not provide any makeup lessons. So I've kind of gone from, you know, making up lessons to absolutely not making up lessons. And that's where we are right now. And it works well for us. And I should, I should know too, I recognize every studio is different and every teacher is different. We um, primarily teach group lessons. And so that's another reason that we have a no makeup policy. It's much harder to make up a lesson if you're teaching group. But I would have the same policy if I was teaching privately. So I'll add yeah. that in. Yeah, and I'll just jump in. Um, definitely with groups, that makes sense. 
And yeah, my studio, it's it's private lessons, but we also don't do makeups. So, and um, I had done several different ways too over the years. So yeah, yeah, and it's definitely we. Oh, sorry. Do you, I was just going to ask: Do you get much pushback on that, on the no makeup with someone when students are inquiring about lessons? What is right. the reaction when you tell them that? Yeah, sometimes they, you know, think for a second or have a little hesitation. Um, mm -hmm. But when I explain it, they seem to get it. And then when it actually happens in real life, like they have to miss one, you know, then then they kind of get it. So mm -hmm. I'll briefly talk about, uh, yeah, how we do it is, um, well, and first I wanted to <laughs> point out that I sort of agree with you, what you're saying with, um, if you charge per lesson yeah it just if people think they're paying for a lesson then mm -hmm. if they don't have a lesson why should they pay that that's reasonable right but the sort of flat rate tuition model of you're paying a monthly fee it's like a membership fee to be a part of the studio and that includes lots of things including coming to a lesson or a group class then it's more what's the word palatable or whatever mm -hmm. to to think, okay, well, if I miss one, I miss one, but I'm getting a whole thing. Now, yes. in my studio policy, it says uh, missed lessons are inevitable and therefore have already been taken into account in the formulation of the tuition. Mm -hmm. So, in other words, I know you're going to miss some, so I'm not charging you for every single lesson. I'm not really charging you for lessons. Any, I mean, we are, but so uh, there's a whole calculation of it's about this many lessons. I'll subtract some because you're going to miss some. <laughs> I'm going to add in the materials. I'm going to add in our events and our benchmark program and other things. And there's this whole number of what it costs. And then I divide that by 12 and there's your flat monthly fee. So mm -hmm. I don't go into all the details in the policy or explaining them to, um, you know, prospective students. I just say, well, you know, it's assumed you're going to miss some, so I'm not charging you for every single one anyway. So if you miss, it's not a big deal. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. they're like, oh, okay. So it's not like you're paying for everything and every lesson and all this. And if you have to miss, tough luck, you know, then it sounds <laughs> kind of mean, but it's, it's kind of included. Right. Yeah. So that is one area that you and I do it differently. And I think what you do is great. And I've, I've considered it and I may move that direction. I may head more that way. I think I explained in a, in a post not long ago that for me right now, that isn't particularly comfortable. Mm -hmm. And I do believe that as teachers, we have to be really confident ourselves in what we're offering, or it's hard to get the people that we're explaining it to, to be confident in it. And, and so I, I love the way that you do that. And I think that it's amazing. And I think as long as parents understand that from the beginning, they're going to be fine because it's a clear, you've communicated clearly what you do and what they're going to receive. For us, I do, I don't do the whole calculation of X number of lessons times by the rate and da, da, da. I know what I need to charge in order to make it business strong, right? I know, I know what I need to do. I know the amount of money that we need to bring in. And so we set our tuition rate at a certain amount per month. And then we offer 
X number of lessons, and we call them learning experiences because we count our recitals or anything else that we do, um, workshops, different things as a learning experience. And so we do offer a set number of those learning experiences in the year and whether, they, whether or not they attend is up to them. And that's kind of how we, we do it. So we do have a set number um, and if they miss, they miss, there's no makeup given. If our teachers miss, then I do do something. I either will bring in a substitute or we will provide a makeup lesson or I will credit them a, a specified amount. So that's kind of how we do it, a little bit different than yours, but close to the same idea. You know, there's a, you, this is what you're getting and this is what you're paying for and this is what you'll receive. Yeah. Okay. So really it's not, it's a little bit different the way we explain it, but mm -hmm. it's pretty much the same. It really um, is. Except yeah. we didn't, except for like uh, teacher cancellations, but um, right. yeah, it pretty much is the same. And yeah, I want to say too, yeah, I totally am on board with if people like don't want to do the math or, or mm -hmm. think about it that way and just say like, well, I think tuition should be this and whatever, you know, for me, I like to sort of have some kind of justification and <laughs> I manipulate it too. So in other words, right? like my way of thinking of it is like I'm subtracting some lessons because I, I know they're going to miss some. So then people say, oh, well, then if they come to every lesson, then you're teaching for free because you subtracted those. <laughs> right. And my answer is, well, not really, <laughs> not really, because I'm in charge of the numbers. So right. if it doesn't seem reasonable to me, then I'll just increase the rate. And then, and then that that's reasonable, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It is really interesting to think about this could be a whole nother podcast for sure, because it is fun to think about, you know, I feel confident that I could say tuition each month is X number of dollars and you'll receive 46 lessons in the year, I'm pretty confident I could give that exact same tuition amount and say you'll receive 40 lessons in the year. And if I'm giving enough value, they'll be happy with it either way. So right. it really yeah. is not, it's not as black and white as I think we tend to make it or mm -hmm. want to make it. For um, teachers, yeah, the only thing is a little bit different and in my studio, I basically, I tell teachers they get, um, two sick days mm. a year so they can just cancel for any reason and they don't even have to be sick and they don't even have to give me a reason. They can just not feel like teaching. And so is that just out cancel. of interest, is that two sick days per day of the week? Like they could miss two Mondays, they could miss two Wednesdays. Mm -hmm. Right. So really it's two weeks. Yeah. You know, like if, if you're teaching five days a week, it's it's two lessons per student. Right. Okay. So, yeah. And again, that's not public. That's just what I tell the teachers. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. the public, you know, in the policy, it says teachers might have to miss from time to time. But again, mm -hmm. it's there's no refunds or anything. It's just that's just life happens. Yeah. Um, and that's really great. Like I did that when I was just a solo teacher because who wants to have to worry about when you're going to reschedule when you're sick? 
Like, oh, I, should I cancel? Some people, you know, it makes you almost want to teach even if you don't feel good. Like, oh, I really right. don't want to teach, but I guess I will because when am I going to reschedule? Oh, it's so stressful. Yes. No, it's, I'm just going to cancel. See you next week. I mean, okay. that's what happens in college. You show up to your class and there's a sign on the door. Okay. Class canceled. You don't get yeah. a refund. You know, you don't get a makeup. Right, so. and the reality is for many teachers, there is no time to do makeup lessons. They've got a full schedule. Where do you, you know, there's only so many hours in the day and the week. Where do you put people when the schedule is already full? So I do love that idea of a no makeup policy. Do you want to connect with other teachers in person? Do you want to learn new teaching strategies and explore outside the box approaches? Join us at the Creative Teaching Conference, a radical retreat to recharge and reinvigorate your teaching. This unique conference was started by me and my two friends and colleagues, Christopher Oyle and Tony Parlapiano, back in the summer of 2022. All three of us had so many ideas we wanted to share, but instead of trying to get selected for an MTNA or NCKP conference, we created our own event. We each present a few workshops, but we also have guest presenters as well. Topics include improvisation, composition, student-led learning. You'll experience inspiring workshops on creative teaching strategies and creative performance ideas. Learn about different ways to structure lessons, such as online groups, memberships, and subscription models. We eat meals together and plan social time so you can connect with teachers from all over the country, forming new musical friendships that will last a lifetime. Mark your calendars for July 7 to 9, 2024 in Cincinnati, Ohio. Check out creativeteachingconference.com for more info. So let me show um, the audience. Um, and by the way, if you're just listening to the podcast, Remember, there's a video version on YouTube, the Piano Sensei way, because sometimes we show things. I've created a tuition calculator for those of you who like want to do the math or figure out how this would all work out. Um, I'll put the link in the show notes. And there's also um, little video tutorial or descriptions for a flat rate tuition calculator. However, oh, and there's a group class one too. But what I wanted to mention was the reverse tuition calculator. So it's sort of like Tiffany, you were saying, well, I know what we need to make. So here you can say like annual tuition desired. Okay. Are these numbers showing up? Can you see it? Uh huh. I can. Yeah. Yes. So you say, okay, I want 100,000 coming in. And then, you know, I have um, 20, 45 minute students and maybe five of these students and 10 of these students. And then here you go. It tells you, that's 22 and a half hours a week. And then here's the tuition for those kind of students. So you have to charge these people 185 and you have to charge the 45 minute, you know, et cetera. So that's kind of fun. That is really fun. I love your calculators. You're amazing on those calculators. <laughs> yeah. So I'll put that, um, you know, in the show notes, anybody wants to try those out. You ask me, like, do I get any pushback? Do you get pushback? We don't. And or like, and yeah, how is it stated or, you know, what, what yeah. do you tell them? 
You know, it's really interesting because um, I expected pushback on our policies. And I remember when I went to a no makeup policy, I was kind of freaking myself out. And I, and I thought people are going to be so unhappy and they're going to be angry and, and they're going to want to quit. And, and I worked myself up and you know what? Nothing happened. I stated the policies. I explained that I just simply said my schedule is full and I'm no longer able to provide makeup lessons for missed lessons. And nobody pushed back. But, and this was many, many years ago. I've done it this way for a long time. So this was when I was teaching privately. I was young. Um, I had a young family, young little babies, and, and I just could no longer do the makeup lesson. And so when I just stated it and said, I am no longer able to provide makeup lessons, amazingly, there was no pushback and they stopped counseling as often as they had been. And I was so shocked and I was so surprised. I thought, why did I wait so long to make that change? Because it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. In fact, it wasn't bad at all. So now fast forward, you know, many years. And as mentioned, I run a, a large studio with over 200 kids and we frankly don't want to spend time scheduling makeup lessons and figuring all of that out. And so we simply put it in our policies that their lesson time is reserved for them and, no, and makeup lessons are not provided. And when they call and they ask, sometimes they'll say, oh, so if we miss, we just, we don't get our money back. We say, no, your, your tuition is paying to reserve your time on our schedule. And, and we don't provide makeup lessons. They're okay. 99.9% mm -hmm. .9 of the time they sign up anyway. It's just, it's not a reason for them to not continue with lessons, which I think is surprising. Now, if those people come along and they really are determined that they need those makeup lessons, I have had to learn to be okay with that. They can go somewhere else where that's possible. I don't need to be everything to everybody. And that took me a long time to learn. So if somebody comes and they're set on, we want makeup lessons, then I say, we're probably not the right fit for you, but I wish you all the best. And we let them go. Yeah. But I think that that's happens so rarely, so rarely. That that yeah. Happens. But that's a really good point. I like that. Um, I don't need to be everything to everybody. Yeah. And you can't, mm -hmm. I mean, that's impossible. So yeah, you, that's you truly really good. Can't. You can't. And, and, and that's kind of a thought too, that I would like to share is I have spoken with so many teachers who are afraid to make changes because they might lose some clients. And I, I have been there. In fact, it wasn't that many years ago, three years ago, so very recently that we needed to make a significant change in our tuition. And we raised it more than 30%. Mm. And I was scared to death. And we took makeup lessons. So kind of a roundabout story. We had not offered makeup lessons for a time we added them back in thinking that we could manage it. And then I took them back out because it was not manageable in my opinion. And so we were raising tuition 30% and taking makeup lessons back off mm -hmm. as an option. And I 
I was truly prepared to lose the business. I thought, I, I, I can't continue if it doesn't go this way, but I have to be ready if the bottom falls out. And I was talking with somebody about raising the tuition and the makeup lessons. And I said, I'm really concerned about our families that have five or six kids. And a wise person said to me, are you making your decisions based off of 10 or 12 kids? Or are you making decisions for the other 180? You know, like what, what are you focused on? And that changed my perspective for everything. I had been making decisions out of fear of losing certain people and realizing that I didn't need to do that for one, make the decisions that are best for your whole studio and then make accommodations for the ones that are needed if that's what you choose to do. Yeah, the, I think that's the, really the good. The idea that I wasn't gonna raise my tuition because of 12 people, when you calculate the cost of that decision, it's, it's shocking what I was willing to give up for a small number of people out of fear. It was yes. just fear. Yeah. And if anybody wants to do the math, <laughs> there I have a calculator on that page that's that's a tuition increase student loss yes. calculator. And it it's quite surprising if you put your numbers in, mm -hmm. it'll tell you, you know, you basically you can usually what it tells you is you can lose a certain number of students and still have the same income by right. increasing your rates and all the new students that are going to come in, of course, they're paying the higher rate. So uh -huh. you're, you're good. You know, don't, yeah, don't worry. So about I it. Yeah. actually, I did use your calculator in that scenario mm. and okay. I knew exactly what I could lose and be in the exact same spot. And it, that calculator has brought me peace of mind many, many times. So thank you. Thank you for that. But it was interesting because like I said, I was prepared for the bottom to fall out. I was truly prepared to walk away from the business. And again, just like many, many years ago when I changed my policies, nothing happened. Everything was fine. Everything continued on. The majority of the students continued. We weren't even close to losing we lost a few, literally a few in our hundreds of kids. So being yeah. bold and being brave is hard. But every time I have made a big policy change that I think is going to rock the boat, every single time I am shocked and surprised it has never happened. Yeah, that's really good. And that's even related to the makeups is, you know, being strong and confident in your policy. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, because I know a lot of teachers and I sympathize with them who, you know, they want to accommodate everybody and mm -hmm. it seems reasonable, you know, and like the human thing to do. Like if somebody yes. says, oh, we can't make it because blah, 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 you know, it, it might be like a really good reason or, a, you know, like your human nature wants to accommodate. And right. then, you know, but then then we get these questions from other teachers. Oh, you know, I scheduled a makeup lesson, but then they couldn't make that one. So do you make up a makeup? And then how many makeups of a makeup do you give? And then you're trying to 
administer all that and run all that and who who gets a credit and who do i still owe a makeup and did they give 24-hour notice or not or is it an emergency so that's different and right right and so my whole thing was like it's so much easier uh -huh. okay and just there's no makeups <laughs> then you right. don't have to keep track however well, and, well yeah go ahead well i was just gonna say i have noticed as fearful as we get um parents are actually happier with our no makeup policy. I should say they're more content than they were when we had a makeup policy, but it had parameters, right? You had to cancel within this number of hours or you had to, it could be for sickness, but it couldn't be for this or it couldn't, you know, there were all of these right. parameters around the makeup lesson. Well, they were way more frustrated about that because it was like, well, wait, if you're willing to give a makeup lesson within 24 hours, well, this is 20 hours. What's the difference? Well, if you're going to do it for that, then why aren't you doing it for that? And, and they work themselves up over, no, I want that makeup lesson. You've told me I can have it. I want it and I'm going to get it and I'm going to fight for it. And it caused so much more contention and frustration than when we just said, there's just not any. And yeah. with the not any, they are totally okay with the makeup lessons as a possibility. And then them not fitting the requirements. That's when they got frustrated. So I really do stand by from my experience they are more content with having a no a no makeup policy than they were with a makeup policy with parameters. Yeah, that's really a good point that I didn't even think of, but it, it totally makes sense. Yeah. And yeah, I was going to say like, well, if there are teachers out there who want to offer makeups or whatever, what's mm -hmm. your advice on structuring that I do actually have a suggestion on that that I've thought about and if I were teaching private lessons and students just could come and be anywhere on my schedule and it didn't affect like I said the group teaching that we do there are ways there are wonderful platforms um, there's multiple that you can look up and find that do provide scheduling opportunities for makeup lessons. And if I was teaching privately, I would consider, I don't know for sure, cause I haven't ever tried it, but I would consider a system where they can cancel and someone else can schedule in their spot. I would consider that, but if I were to do that, I would have, you can only have so, makeup less, so many makeup lesson credits in your account at a time and that they do need to be used within a certain amount of time. Um, so there are possibilities for those teachers that want to offer it, but not be tied down. The system um, enforces the rules, I guess, is the way that I would think right. about it. I wouldn't have to. Mm -hmm. And so it's an option. You know, it's definitely an option. And I have heard of teachers that do it very successfully. And using a system like that takes them out of the equation and allows parents to take the responsibility upon themselves, which I think is really, really important. So right. that is yeah, a I possibility think, and one I would consider. Yeah, I think that's good. Right. Because if you have a system, you know, like I use Teacher Zone for my studio or 
uh, my music staff. Do I, there's there's other ones. Fons, yeah, but the whole yeah, point, is, yeah, Fonz, the whole point is to, yeah, take away. We we're trying to minimize the time and the stress, you know, on you. So and the yeah, if, if it can do it, auto, right. and the decision making, right? So mm -hmm. if it can do it automatically, or the parents can just go in and do it, and yeah, then yeah, I agree. It would. It's yeah, feasible. The, yeah, it's feasible. Mm -hmm. You just have to make sure that it's. Yeah, that it works well and mm -hmm. that it's those parameters. But like you said, if it's the system rules, mm -hmm. you know, clients are probably less likely to try to like reach out and have an exception because it doesn't right. seem, you know. Right. Yeah. You do have to consider different things that may happen when we put makeup lessons back on the table for a very short time. Um, we didn't think about putting a limit on the number that they could have. And we had a situation where a family withdrew and they had eight makeup credits in their account and they felt like they should get a credit for two months worth of lessons because they had eight makeups in their account. And we hadn't planned for that. We hadn't thought about that. What do you say to that? There was nothing in our policy. I mean, I couldn't believe somebody in my mind, I'm thinking, how can you think that? How can you think mm -hmm. that you should get two months worth of lessons because you miss, but yet those credits were in their account and they felt they should get money back for that. And mm. that was a tough one. And, and so you got to think ahead and think about the possibilities of what could arise and make sure that you protect yourself in that way. Yeah. Well, we're getting towards the end of our time, which <laughs> flew by. by. Yeah, right. Because we thought maybe three, three uh, topics, but we did one. But that's okay. Yeah. Because I think it's necessary. Yeah. Like, what advice would you give to new teachers? Mm -hmm. Would you suggest, like, hey, just go ahead with this policy, then you don't have to change it later? One hundred percent. I have said to so many new teachers, please, please, please establish the policies you want today as if you had 200 mm -hmm. students tomorrow. Changing is so much harder than just going into it established. And I, I spoke with a teacher just last week that said, well, I only have 20 kids. And I'm thinking, well, change it now while you have 20 instead of waiting until you have 50 and then you're, you know, you're trying to work with 50 people instead of 20. So I just think set it how you want it. And my, my top suggestions on that would be, as we talked about, tuition is always going to change, right? That can change every year and, and policies can change as well. Nothing is set in stone. My husband reminds me of that all the time. Do what you think. And you can always, change it as needed. But the ones that I would say have been most influential on the success of our business is the no makeup policy, um, a year round schedule and tuition plan. Flat monthly tuition is one of the best decisions I ever made and automatic payments. I would set everyone up on automatic payments from day one and never look back. Um, those are the decisions that were hard for me to change along the way. 
and we're scary, but if you set them up from the beginning and that's just the way it is, you will have no problems and you will save yourself so much time and energy in the end. And I think, um, I, I mentioned a little bit earlier that I feel like we make decisions oftentimes based off of what we think the client is going to need and want. And I would say most of the time we're not accurate on that. I think that they'll, they need and want whatever it is we're offering and the value that we give to them is what they want. And we can, like I said, we can always change. We can always adapt, but set it how you need it to be. And you'll be a healthier, happier, stronger teacher. I, I, I will say that there were times in my career where I was ready to throw in the towel. And when I look back, it's because my policies and my procedures weren't strong. And I was an exhausted wife, mother, teacher, friend. And I couldn't give what my students needed. By putting policies in place that are strong, I'm there for them. I am excited to teach instead of being overwhelmed. And, and those policies not only benefited my mental and emotional health, but they made it possible for me to make a livable wage on teaching piano. And so by doing these things, you're not hurting your clients, you're helping them. And that, that's my biggest advice is protect yourself so that you can be there for them. Otherwise you're gonna to be too tired and hard decisions will have to be made. So. Yeah, very well said. That's a great wrap up. So Tiffany, I wanna thank you for being here. Um, tell us where teachers can find you if, if you have anything to share, like a website yeah, or a well Facebook page. You bet. I love making friends on, on social media. Facebook is the best place to find me. I'm not very involved on the other platforms, but I do enjoy Facebook and run a Facebook group called Piano Teachers Gotta Have It. And it's just all about fun teaching tools and ideas and wonderful composers and product developers there. And so you can find me there all the time as well. And then we're working on a new project that I, I can't share much about right now, but I hope I can come back another time and share. Um, you can be keep your eyes out for Key to Succeed. It's going to be a lot of fun, and it's going to be a big deal. So we're really excited. Okay, great. Yeah, sounds exciting. Well, thanks again for being here. And um, to everybody, make sure you go to thepianosenseiway.com and sign up for updates so you um, get notified when new episodes come out. And have a great day. Hope this was helpful. Take care.